0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following
1: podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via telehealth and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and the newest book is called Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, our telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open right now and lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, you know almost every episode, we're giving away free healthy stuff. So today we're gonna give away free signed books. Every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode, we're giving away free signed books. So all you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts And rate and review the art of being well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you could take a screenshot of that review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And every single month, we'll be going through the messages on Instagram as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves. And then I'll reach out to you. So many different spaces within wellness. So I have a course with Commune that's launched today. It is about intermittent fasting. So head on over to onecommune.com slash Will Cole. That's O-N-E-C-O-M-M-U-N-E dot com slash Will Cole. Onecommune.com slash Will Cole. Check it out. It's a masterclass on all things intermittent fasting. You're definitely going to want to check that out. Let's get to today's guest, shall we? His name is Jim Quick. The man, the myth legend, Jim Quick. He is a widely recognized world expert in memory improvement, brain optimization, and accelerated learning. After a childhood brain injury left him with learning challenges, Quick created strategies to dramatically enhance his mental performance. He has since dedicated his life to helping others unleash their brain's true potential. For more than 30 years, he has served as the brain coach to a who's who of Hollywood elite professional athletes, political leaders, and business magnets with corporate clients that include Google, Virgin, Nike, Zappos, SpaceX, GE, 20th Century Fox, the Cleveland Clinic, WordPress, and such institutions as United Nations, U.S. Air Force, Caltech, Harvard University, and Singularity University. This man is a wealth of information. You're going to learn so much from today. So let's get right to it. This is Jim Quick's Art of Being Well. Jim Quick, I I wanted the day to come for me to be able to say, Jim Quick, welcome to the podcast. And the day is here. Welcome to the show, my friend.
2: So good to be here, Will. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone who's tuning in.
1: So let's start with just how did you get here? I know a little bit about your story. I've heard you talk before, but many of our listeners haven't heard how you got here and are a leader in your space. So. What's your story?
2: So my space is in the brain performance space for lack of a better term. People call me a brain coach, just like you have a personal trainer to make you faster and stronger, more flexible, greater endurance. I want, I want your mental muscles to be sharper so you can think clearer, solve problems, improve your memory, read faster. My inspiration really was my desperation. If that makes sense, I I grew up with some pretty severe learning difficulties. When I was five years old, I had a head injury, a traumatic brain injury when I was in kindergarten class and where it really showed up was in school. Emotionally, I became very shut down. I had processing issues. So parents and teachers would have to repeat themselves over and over again in order for me to understand. I had problems focusing, remembering. I had these chronic migraines every single day as a child. It took me three years longer to learn how to read after my injury. So that was a little embarrassing. I would work really hard. And when I was nine years old, I was slowing down my class. And I remember I was being teased because I was just not getting the lesson. And the teacher came to my defense. But I remember she pointed to me in front of the whole class and said, that's the boy. Leave that kid alone. That's the boy with the broken brain. Mm -hmm. And that really became my identity. And I struggled all through school, through elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school. And I would work two or three times harder as everybody else. But I would still be on the other side of the bell curve, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, the story turns out okay, but I, it's a testament that with challenge comes change, right? Mm-hmm. With the struggles that we have, they can lead to strengths. And for mm-hmm. me, I learned ways to compensate. And not only did my grades improve, but my life improved. And, you know, now entering my 50s, it's, I've been doing this for, for 32 plus years, and mm-hmm. I'm just very passionate to building better, brighter brains, you know, uh-huh. no brain left behind.
1: I love it. So, how did you turn that around? I mean, how did you become such an amazing brain coach, as you mentioned? I mean, to someone that really struggled in school, how did you turn it around? So,
2: part of it was like a little bit of an intervention. I met a mentor when I was 18 years old, and he got me interested in learning for the first time. Uh, I was always curious that school taught us what to learn math, history, science, but there are no classes on how to learn those subjects. -hmm. No class called focus or problem solving or creative thinking or memory, right? And I think one of the most important skills for all of us to master today in the 21st century is our ability to learn, to relearn, to unlearn, and and apply what we're learning in our life. But this mentor introduced me to some very early personal growth books and the power of the mind. I mean, Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie the power of positive thinking. I mean, just like some of these classics. Yeah, it was something that I started going deeper in. I, started, I wanted to understand adult learning theory. I want to understand how my brain works so I could work my brain. How does my memory work so I could work my memory better? I started studying accelerated learning and and multiple intelligence theory and speed reading and mnemonics. And in school, I just really struggled. But after 60 days of really focusing on this subject, a light switch flipped on, and I started to really understand things for the first time. Mm -hmm. And because of it, I had greater confidence and my life improved. And because of it, I couldn't help but help other people. And I started to tutor. And one of my very first students that I was tutoring, she was a freshman, she read 30 books in 30 days, not skim or scan, but really read them. And I wanted to find out not how, I, I taught her how, but I wanted to know why. I'm insanely curious why some people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. And I found out her mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer, was only given two months, about 60 days to live. That was the prognosis by doctors. And the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life. And so obviously she was laser focused on doing that. So I understood why she didn't procrastinate and she followed through on you know what, I, what we were teaching. And I get a call from this young lady six months later and she's crying profusely. And when she stops, I realized that there were tears of joy that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. The doctors weren't really sure how or why they were calling it a miracle, but her mother attributed 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter who learned it from all these books. Wow. And then will in that moment, I realized that if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower. And it's a superpower we all have. Mm. It's just we weren't taught how to use it in our brains didn't come with an owner's manual, right? Every piece of technology gives you some kind of instructions, but the brain, you know, we don't really have that. So that's why I wrote limitless expanded to give people an opportunity to learn a little bit more about their brain mm-hmm. and how to, how to make it better and then optimize it so they could, they could learn better. But that's also then not only did I realize that, you know, that learning is a superpower, I realized also that like my purpose. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it ever since.
1: Mm. You brought up a good point earlier of in school, we learn what to learn, but not how to learn. I mean, have you had any effort or any success with getting how to learn in schools? I mean, is there any move to make that happen?
2: Yes, they use a lot of our systems that we teach, the speed reading, memory, note taking, uh, focusing tools, uh, in some of the top schools in the, in the world, I mean, in school systems like in Finland, in uh, South Korea, in, in the States, it's been a little bit uh, more difficult. I've kind of taken a, a bottom-up approach, and because the system hasn't really changed a lot. My mother and I, and I'm I'm very empathetic with teachers because my mother became a special education teacher to help me with my learning disabilities, and she went through the entire you know New York public school system, and recently retired. The system hasn't changed a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. they say that, I mean, we live in a world of autonomous electric cars, spaceships that are going to Mars. But our vehicle of choice when it comes to our own learning is often more like a horse and buggy. And people feel it. They feel slow. They feel like they can't catch up or, or keep up or much less get ahead. A lot of people listening might feel like they're drowning in information. Like to keep up, it's like taking a sip of water out of a fire hose. Mm -hmm. Maybe they buy books and they sit on your shelf and it becomes shelf help, not self-help, right? Mm -hmm. Or they are forgetful. They can't remember something that somebody told them or they forget to go to a meeting or they forget what they were going to say or they forget where they placed something or parked the car or what they just read or someone's name, you know, and it's no wonder because there was no class called memory. You know, I always thought I should have been the fourth R in school, reading, writing, arithmetic, and remembering, right? Socrates said, learning is remembering. So as, as a memory coach, I'll often, if there's time with an audience, I speak a lot, I'll do a demonstration, like, well, I don't know, pass around a microphone in an audience, people will introduce themselves, and I'll memorize like 50 people's names, you know, or they'll give me hundred random words and numbers and I'll call them forwards and backwards, but I always tell people. I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's possible. Because the truth is, for the most part, every single person listening, regardless of your age, your background, your career, education, financial situation, gender, history, IQ, you could do this too. Again, we just weren't taught going to somebody and saying, focus and study this work or going to your kids and saying, remember this. That's like going to somebody saying, play the didgeridoo or the ukulele who's never had any training or classes on how to do that. And so I'm, I'm just fascinated about how the how the human brain works. Mm-hmm. And I always wear a brain. If you're watching this on video, I'm always, I wear a brain on my shirt and social media. I'm always pointing to my brain in pictures. Because I feel like what you see, and it's in your awareness, you take care of, you see your skin or your hair, your clothes, your car, because you're constantly reminded if that starts to deteriorate or get messy, you take care of it, you maintain it. Mm-hmm. But we don't see the thing that controls everything, you know, which is our brain. Mm-hmm. I want people to know their brain, trust their brain. I want people to love their brain and really use their brain. Mm-hmm. And the things that people could do are absolutely extraordinary
1: you're blowing people's brains right here, right now, proverbially is the fact that many people will relegate themselves to, I'm just not good. I don't, I'm not good at remembering. I'm not a good reader. Like reading is not for me. And that's not the case, right? Well, even take
2: like, again, it's, it's learning how to learn because when's the last time people upgraded their skills with reading? I mean, the last class, most people had for reading, not like a college literature class, but a real class, was there were six or seven years old. So fundamentally, people are still reading like a six or seven year old, and the difficulty and the demand, the deluge has increased tremendously. But how we read it and focus and retain it is pretty much the same. So that growing gap creates a you know like a health crisis. They call it information anxiety, higher blood pressure, compression of leisure time, uh, more sleeplessness and rumination. So, uh, yeah, with, with whether it's reading or memory or focus, productivity, all the things that we teach, we have an online academy and we have students in every country in the world under 95 nations. And we get a lot of feedback and just seeing these stories of people, of different ages and stages and even at events, people will admit the same thing. Like, just, just like you said, I'm a horrible reader or I, I have a horrible memory. And I always say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Mm. If you fight for your limits, they're yours right mm-hmm. henry ford said if you believe you can or believe you can't either way you're right mm-hmm. but i do believe all behavior is belief driven if people are listening right now they want to create a new result in their life they want to lose weight or have more energy or read faster whatever it is they need to do a new behavior in order to do that new behavior they need a belief that says that's even possible mm-hmm. right so that's coming back to a growth mindset mm-hmm. and including like versus a fixed mindset and just like you know things aren't fixed because because we have neuroplasticity, right? With novelty and correct nutrition, we could make new connections and our, we could grow older, but in a lot of ways we could grow we could grow better. And that's been my experience. It's, it's, mm-hmm. There's always a method behind a ma- what looks like magic. If somebody could easily remember names or learn languages or give a speech without notes or read faster, it looks like magic, but there's always a method. And so mm-hmm. I'm different than a magician, or I like to pull back the curtain and then show people exactly what happens, because genius leaves clues. When someone is exceptional in some area, there's a process and and a set of principles that they're adhering to. And again, the only challenge is we weren't taught those back in school or in work.
0: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
1: You've probably heard me talking about Puri recently. This is a brand I'm fully behind, and I know you'll love them too. If you haven't ordered any of Puri's high-quality natural food supplements yet, now is the time. It's essential that we get the vitamins and nutrients our body needs to stay strong and healthy. Puri was founded in Denmark in 2009. This country is known for their food safety standards every year Puri receives the highest marks from the supplement unit of the Danish food authorities. And with Puri, every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants. One of my favorite products from Puri is their amazing omega-3 fish oil supplement that I have all the time. It offers a high dose of 2,000 milligrams of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA in their natural form. It's certified clean and fresh by the Clean Label Project and by IFLS. It's certified environmentally sustainable by Friends of the Sea as well. Take the next step to support your health with Puri. I worked with Puri on this amazing deal just for my listeners, 20% off site-wide. Just go to my special URL, that's pureecom slash Will Cole, and use promo code Will Cole. This even applies to the already discounted subscriptions you'll get almost a third off the price. So again, go to dot com slash Will Cole. Again, that's promo code Will Cole at Puri.com slash Will Cole.
0: Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil that we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's outlist for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist coworker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Do you feel like, and have you seen people having memory issues, like trouble remembering things or focus or trouble reading? since the advent of social media and smartphones, cell phones, or, or is it about the same? So
2: I talk about in Limitless Expanded, there are four horsemen of the mental apocalypse and it's driven by technology. Technology didn't inherently create it, but it, it certainly has amplified it so really quickly. And I made them all D's because uh, I tend to alliterate to make it more memorable. The first is digital deluge. This is the information anxiety. I talked about the amount of information is doubling. The half-life of information is getting shorter and shorter. I mean, I was doing a program at Google years ago. We do a lot of training at like Facebook and Nike and, you know, SpaceX. And the chairman said that the, the amount of information that's been created since human beings walked the planet to the year 2003, only a couple of decades ago, that amount of information is now created every two days. And just, I mean, think about it, podcasts and YouTube and social media. So it's doubling at dizzying speeds, but how we learn it is the same. That hasn't changed at all. So that growing gap creates that information anxiety. another term is information fatigue syndrome, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's why we teach speed reading, accelerated learning, study skills. The second one, besides digital deluge, is digital distraction and this is something that technology has definitely ramped up. You know, people have have been distracted before, you know, the events of iPhones and everything else, but you know, how do you maintain your concentration in a world full of rings and pings and dings and app notifications, social media alerts? And and so that's why we have a whole chapter dedicated to focus, and because focus is really key. How are you going to get things done? Your to do list. If you're reading something, you get to the end, forget what you just read. Your mind wanders, or your you wanders with your kids, or when you're on a Zoom. So that's very important. The third one, besides digital delusion, digital distraction, is something called digital dementia, and this is a term in in healthcare that basically states the high reliance on technology, like we're using our devices as external memory drives. And so we don't have to remember a lot of things. I mean, you think about it, Will, how many, I don't know, how many phone numbers did you know growing up?
1: Every single one that I had, right? every family and friend, right? And how many do you
2: know currently, like current
1: numbers? Very few. And they probably are a lot of phone numbers from my past, right? That I don't even really need right now. Yeah,
2: that's digital dementia. It's the high reliance on technology. And, and by the way, I don't want to, I mean, people could YouTube and see me memorize hundreds of numbers on stage that an audience gives me, but I don't wanna memorize 500 phone numbers, but it should be very concerning that we've lost the ability to remember one phone number or a pin number or a seed phrase or a password or something we just read. I believe two of the most costly words in life sometimes are, I forgot, mm. you know, I forgot to do it and bring it, the meeting, the names. But on the other side, having a great memory is a great multiplier in your life. It makes every area of your life better and easier. Your relationships, when you can remember things about the person that you love or remember anniversaries and remember to take out the trash. Uh, I certainly an accelerator for your career when you can easily remember client information or product information, give speeches without notes, mm-hmm. uh, sales scripts, you know, remember lots of data because we live in an expert economy. So that's why the largest chapter in Limitless Expanded is on memory improvement. And then finally, besides digital daily digital distraction digital dementia is this term that i coined digital deduction and this is kind of like digital dementia the high reliance on that technology to remember things but now not even remember now our devices is, is telling us what to think mm. with algorithms and even if you take something simple like getting from here to there we go on our phones and we put up maps or ways or whatever before that we would have to exercise our visual spatial intelligence Right. And mm-hmm. we didn't grow that network in our brain. There was a study done with uh, London cab drivers, taxi cab drivers, where different parts of their memory, like in their hippocampus, was more, more dense because they would need to study all the different roads before this technology exists. But I'm, I'm just really excited about we've discovered more about the human brain in the past I don't know, 20 years than the previous 2,000 years combined. And what we found is we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, The other reason I'm really passionate about this is because not only did I have learning difficulties and challenges, but at that same time, my primary caretaker was my grandmother. And she started showing early signs of dementia when I was five. At the same time, I had my injury. You know, and she eventually passed when I was seven. And so, you know, we dedicate all the proceeds of this book to building schools. For our previous book, we built schools in Ghana, Guatemala, Kenya, offered health care to the children, clean water that keeps them from going to school. And also Alzheimer's research for women, because women are twice as to like experience Alzheimer's than men. And unfortunately, a lot of the research is done on male brains and treatments on male brains. But, you know, this really informed my path in terms of, of what I do. But technology, again, is is a wonderful tool. But it's kind of like if you have to go to a bank and it's eight blocks away, you could jump into a lift or an Uber or drive your car. But we don't get our steps in. Mm-hmm. Right. And so our brain is an organ, but it acts like a muscle. If I put my, my arm in a sling for a year, it wouldn't grow stronger. It wouldn't even stay the same right? Everyone know it would atrophy mm-hmm. and different parts of our brains could be losing its, its mental fitness because we're just not utilizing it. If your offices or your apartment's on the fourth floor and you rely on the elevator and you're not doing the steps, very convenient, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes you have to balance out your physical and mental fitness with mm-hmm. just technology.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm curious to get your thoughts talking about brain exercise and technology and atrophying like certain parts of the brain because like, we're not using them. What are your thoughts on AI? I mean, the, to my mind, it's, oh. it's, is it another way we're outsourcing, learning and using our brain and doing things?
2: Yeah, I mean, a large chapter in the new book that just came out this month is on AI. And my dominant question writing that chapter was, how do you use AI to enhance your HI, your, your human intelligence? Mm. And for me, it's not artificial intelligence. It's more augmented intelligence. Like technology is there to serve. You know our growth or our, our, make our lives easier to be able, to I mean, this is technology you and I speaking, right? It allows this to happen. So different ways we use technology is to accelerate learning in the book is something it'd be very simple when well, we have dozens of different strategies there. But something like let's say I mentioned neuroplasticity earlier, right? if if some if one of your listeners or viewers, they are like, not really sure what that is, they can go into an AI chat bot like GPT and say, Explain to me neuroplasticity in a story format as if I'm eight years old, right? And what it comes up with will give you a good foundation to be able to build upon, right? We have a podcast like yourself, and it's a twenty minute show all about the brain performance and memory. and Sometimes if I'm interviewing an expert and they are an author and I don't receive the book in time, and I'm not a big digital reader just because I don't need another excuse to be on my on a screen personally, mm-hmm. but I'll go into AI and I'll say, hey, give me a summary of this book. Or I'll say, hey, give me some sample questions, like give me 10 questions. This is my guest mm-hmm. and give me a dozen questions, questions they haven't been asked before, and that could specifically serve this audience. Mm-hmm. right and then I, I won't use anything verbatim but it'll spark it'd be a nice partner to be able to do that so i'm not like just turning my brain off but i'm using it as like a creative partner even for speed reading right we have the most popular speed reading course in the world it's a 21 day program online to triple someone's reading speed and we put a lot of that those principles in the chapter on speed reading but even our ai platform that we built, you you could measure someone's reading speed, their reading comprehension, the best time for them to read based on their results, how much they retain. And we could ask probing questions of when the reading material that they have. In the chapters on memory, we talk about things like active retrieval, memory palaces, chain linking, story methods, all these methods to remember the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. But you could use AI to say, hey, I want to give this toast at this wedding and here's my toast and you upload it and say, okay, using Jim's memory, you know, mind palace technique that he teaches how can I more easily remember this? And it'll spit out a story that will give you some scaffolding that you just have to go through once or twice. And you'll remember it long-term as opposed to sitting down for days or hours, just memorizing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we work with a lot of Hollywood actors and I train a lot of the top Ted speakers to memorize verbatim information. But the thing is, when you understand how your brain works, you could work your brain and AI, like any form of technology is there to make your life a little bit easier. And just going back to the, Ubering to the bank or taking the elevator, those kind of technologies. I like to balance that out with being active. I can be an active participant in creating, remembering, learning, and I'm not just kind of putting my brain on default and not using it because your brain is definitely use it or lose it.
1: Mm -hmm, For sure. What are some of your favorite, like latest breakthroughs in improving cognitive performance? I know you talk about it in the book, but I'd love to, to pick your brain right now about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are two, there are two areas that I focus on in, in the book. It's the software and the hardware. So the software are the strategies on how to read faster, how to focus, how to remember names. It's it's very specific. The hardware is, is the, the three-pound organ between our ears, gray and white matter that uh can be up-leveled also. Cause think about it, we upgrade our phones all the time. We always upgrading our apps or our television, whatever it is. But when's the last time we took time to upgrade, you know, the most important technology? which is the brain, which has created all the other technology that exists. And so my approach would be in terms of the needle movers would be the software and the hardware for software. Let's say if you want to be able to read faster, I think most people want to be able to do that, right? Most people spend about four hours a day processing information. You think about all the books or your research or emails or all the stuff we have to keep media, we have to keep a track with. If you just double your reading speed, that would save you two hours a day right two hours a day of course a year is 730 hours which is like 18 40 hour work weeks i mean that's like four months you get back saving you know a couple hours a day and so it's a it's a a big needle mover it's not small even capital is the most under leveraged like asset that we have so something simple like reading a book i mean this book will help you read all of the books easier because it's it's a lead domino. On our podcast, we had Jay who wrote the one thing and talks about the lead domino. It's like the one, the first one you hit and everything gets easier after that. But this is kind of like the one book to help you focus, remember, read them all because you learn how to learn. But if you want to read this faster, one of the things you could do is, well, first get a base rate. So pick up a book that you're reading, put a little mark in the margin, and time your phone for 60 seconds, alarm, and then read for 60 seconds. Then count the number, I'll put another mark in the margin and then count the number of lines you just read. And that gives you a base rate, right? Of what you read that specific book at. And then I challenge everybody to pick up where you left off and just do one thing different, use a visual pacer to help you read a visual pacer. could be a pen, a highlighter, a mouse on a computer for most people it would be their finger. Right. And you're just underlining the words. You're not touching the the book or the screen that you're reading on. You're just above it and you're just going margin to margin, not skipping anything, not not doing any kind of fancy finger motions. And then count the number of lines you read in 60 seconds using your visual pacer. That second number will, for most people, will be about a 25-50% improvement mm. without any practice. And most people will remember more because they have better focus. Mm -hmm. So this would be an example of, you know, the hundreds of different kind of quick tips that are measurable because you can measure reading speed, comprehension, memory, focus. And the reason why it works, by the way, first of all, children naturally use their finger while they read until we tell them not to. Second of all, most of us do also. Most people don't use their finger when they read, but if I ask you to count the number of lines you just read, everyone will use their finger to go one, two, mm-hmm. three, four, because they mm-hmm. know you it helps them to focus. And the third reason is your eyes are attracted to motion. If something ran in your room or my room, we wouldn't pay attention to each other. We would pay attention to what moves the most because mm-hmm. that's your survival, right? As a hunter gatherer, if you're in a bush and you're hunting lunch you know maybe a rabbit or a carrot whatever your whatever your diet is <laughs> if a bush next to you moves you have to look at what moves the most because number one it could be lunch number two you could be lunch right mm-hmm. so your eyes are and also our nervous system works very closely together our senses you love like a, a fresh piece of like vegetable or fruit like right off the vine not mm-hmm. will sprayed in wax in a, in a store for six months but like great tasting peach yeah you know, what it tastes like. In actuality, we're not tasting a peach because your, your tongue's not capable of tasting what a peach tastes like, you're actually smelling the peach. Mm. But our sense mm. of smell and taste are so closely linked that our mind doesn't know the difference. You know it when you're sick. If you're congested and you can't breathe out of your nose, some food doesn't taste like anything, right? right. It's, it's bland. Same as your sense of smell and taste are linked in your nervous system, so is your sense of sight and your sense of touch. So when people read with their finger, anecdotally mm. they'll say, I, I just feel more in touch with my reading. And it's interesting because if like we have a 10 month old and if I go and say, look at my keys, look at my keys and I shake it in front of him, he'll, he'll feel like he needs to see it. He has to touch it mm-hmm. and then eventually eat it. Right. But then on the other side of it, think about when somebody loses their sense of sight, how do they read with Braille using their sense of touch? Mm-hmm. So these are all just reasons why adults need to know, like test yourself. Don't trust me. Mm-hmm. Do it for 60 seconds without your finger, do a six seconds with, and then just judged by results, but you'll definitely have better focus. And because you have better focus, because you're not regressing and backskipping and that's a bad habit we picked up when we were kids, because mm-hmm. you have better focus, you'll have better comprehension and retention.
1: So it seems like with these quick tips that you teach us in the book, we can start seeing improvements in our reading our focus our memory pretty quickly. How long does it take a typical person to say proficiently, I'm a significantly, I'm a speed reader. I, I can yeah, retain and- information. How long does it take?
2: Yeah. Give me 21 to 30 days and I got you. It's one of those things that that's the the length of our program also. And what I would say is it's just like typing. Most of us learn how to type using two fingers, hunting and pecking, right? Which is if you use all your fingers and home keys and you might drop a little bit, but you're going to make leaps forwards because it's more efficient you're using five times more fingers mm-hmm. right and nobody if they know how to type goes back to hunting and pecking same thing with learning how to read and i'm not talking about reading frantically that's a that's a misnomer not skimming skipping words getting the gist right because a lot of traditional speed reading is that skipping words and, and getting the gist and we train a lot of you know attorneys financial advisors a lot of medical doctors you don't want your medical doctor to get the gist of what she's reading <laughs> yeah, right no, that, that, no, that no. would not make a lot of sense and so so maybe because I come from a memory training background, I don't think it makes sense to read something unless you really retain it, understand it. Now, that being said, once you know how to do anything, I mean, how long did it take us to learn how to type or drive a car or tire shoes, right? Mm-hmm. A few weeks until we do it. And that's just how we do things naturally because we're right. at the unconscious competence. Same thing with reading. And it's not a lot. It's like 15 minutes of reading a day for 21, 30 days. And you see a mark improvement.
1: So if you haven't heard yet, I have this new favorite protein powder that I've been loving. I have it every day without fail. It's clean, simple eats. It is viral on TikTok. People freaking love this stuff. And I can understand why it's so delicious and the ingredients are top notch. There's absolutely no chalkiness with this protein powder. This protein powder is a powerhouse of nutrition that offers a range of benefits for your body. Unlike many protein powders on the market, this formula maintains all of the bioactive compounds just like nature intended. It also contains a digestive enzyme blend to deconstruct the protein into usable amino acids that your body can actually absorb. They have 26 delicious, all-natural flavors. You can't go wrong with any of them. My favorite is simply vanilla. I mix it up with some almond milk and it tastes great. They also have many other unique flavors like the chocolate peanut butter. If that's your jam, they have coconut cream. And also another one that I love is their snickerdoodle flavor. It tastes like a snickerdoodle milkshake. One of the things I love about Clean Simple Eats, of course, is their high ingredient standards. Their protein powder has 20 grams of grass-fed whey protein, a complete protein with no artificial ingredients. It's non-GMO. It's... and it's third-party tested. So visit cleansimpleeats.com, use code WILLCOLA at checkout for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 20% off your first order at cleansimpleeats.com. Stress is at the root of nearly everything that makes life feel harder. Sleep loss, low energy, dissatisfaction, irritability, illness, and so much more. And science has proven again and again that high stress it's a foundational part of heart disease, high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, autoimmune conditions, anxiety, depression, and so much more. Since 2020, two out of three people report feeling extreme stress. And well over 50% of people have trouble sleeping because of stress. Want to know one way to support improving all of these things? It's a formula that is called Just Calm. It features a proprietary mood biotic strain. It's called B. longum 1714, the most heavily researched and verified brain probiotic available. In multiple clinical studies, it's been shown to help you effectively manage stress, champion a healthy mood, and even encourages theta brainwaves, which is associated with creativity, intuition, great thinking, and flow states. It also is formulated with three targeted B vitamins proven to drive neural processes in the brain and supports optimal neurotransmitter function and promotes a better mood. Just Calm is a revolutionary new approach to counterbalancing stress and overwhelm and uplifting your body, mind, and soul. If you're ready to take control of constipation, bloating, and your stress levels, if you want to live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and also their other product called Just Thrive that they're Just Thrive probiotic today. Visit justthrivehealth.com. Use promo code Dr. Will. All right, let's talk about the area of nutrition for cognitive yeah. performance. What are some things that you think everybody should be doing for, in this area?
2: Okay. So Hydration. The stars are there as I'm (laughs) sipping my water. Your brain is mostly water, right? 75%. We had uh, Dr. Lisa Moscone, who's a neuroscientist, nutritionist on our podcast recently. She was saying just even a 2% drop in your hydration, your dehydrated could affect your cognitive performance. And even staying hydrated could boost your reaction time. Your thinking speed upwards of 30%. So in the book, I share some of my favorite brain foods, a whole area of science called neuronutrition. that your brain is only 2% of your body mass, but it requires 20% of the nutrients and the oxygen, right? And so it's an energy hog. And some of those nutrients are a little different than the rest of our body. And so some of my favorite foods, and we teach people how to memorize the foods, because if you ever gone to the grocery store to buy like one thing and you come back with two grocery bags full of things, mm-hmm. and you remember you forgot the one thing you went to the store for yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could share. I, actually, I could share. And I could show you how to memorize it also as well. Things like avocados, the monounsaturated fat. I'm a big fan of blueberries and all kinds of berries. They're very neuroprotective. I call them brain berries. <laughs> if you eat, and again, I'm I'm not a nutritionist or a medical doctor, right? Talk to your functional medicine doctor. Talk to talk to talk to Will. Get get a, a nutrient profile done, a food sensitivity test, because not everything's for everybody. You know, a broccoli is high in sulforaphane, which which is which is good for cognitive health. Olive oil. If your diet allows eggs, the choline in eggs, acetylcholine, which is an important neurotransmitter for, for cognitive health and cognitive performance. Dark chocolate is a fun one, mm-hmm. <laughs> not not milk chocolate or high sugar. But generally what's good for, and this is an oversimplification, what's good for your mood generally, it's good for, good for your mind. I'm a, I'm a big fan of walnuts also. Mm-hmm. High in vitamin E, turmeric, the curcumin, you know, the active ingredient there, get up to the lower inflammation. So, I mean, fatty fishes, if your diet allows, again, mm-hmm. to get your omega-3s, your DHAs uh, or sardines or flax, wherever wherever your source is for it. But, you know, in the new book, we also talk about supplementation. And I've, I've avoided this subject for about 30 years. Mm-hmm. But just so many people ask. So I talk about the, just the human studies on, on various uh, supplements. And I, I don't think people have to do all of these things. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't really think it's a good idea to do to do all of these things at all. But supplements have been shown, especially if you're deficient, in, in, in the key ones, especially vitamin B for your brain, or your, check your vitamin D levels also as well. But if you're not going to get choline from eggs or soybeans or wherever your source is, then you could, you could supplement with it, right? It, it could play a vital role in in your overall brain health. The acetylcholine, the neurotransmitter helps with, you know, potentially with memory, with cognitive function, big supplement for, for a lot of people that's lacking the DHAs. So if they're not getting it from a food, maybe supplementing with that. Your B vitamins are so important, B6, B9, B12s. And then, you know, when you're going into the more of the more fringe stuff, like creatine, you know, we mm-hmm. use it for working out, but huge benefits for, for cognitive yeah. energy also as well. I don't know if you talked about that on, on your show. I have.
1: It's books. something that I take daily, almost daily for brain focus. I've <laughs> done it's such a different supporting methylation almost. What are your thoughts on neurotropics?
2: So nootropics is something I personally use. I, I don't do them all the time. Like most things I kind of cycle in and cycle out. Mm-hmm. Let's see some of my favorite ones. Well, a lot of people use caffeine, right? For mm-hmm. for energy and potentially some focus. I, I combine that. I'm not a big coffee drinker. I'm, I'm more green tea, right? The L-theanine, the, which is an amino acid found in green tea, is a, is a bear, could be a powerful endotropic for some people. Everybody's a little bit different. The reason I like it is because caffeine tends to make me a little bit jittery mm-hmm. and the L-theanine kind of mitigates that mm-hmm. also as well. Bacopa. It's an herb used in Ayurvedic medicine that you could look into. It could help with cognition, help with memory. Rhodiola is one that's getting a lot of interest. It's a Scandinavian herb that could potentially help reduce uh, mental fatigue. Uh, mm-hmm. And who doesn't want that and improve cognitive function? Mm-hmm. I mentioned turmeric, this one being, I don't. When classified as a nootropic, the curcumin I mentioned as mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory, potentially it has benefits crossing the blood-brain barrier, has been shown to, to lead to improvements in cognitive function, particularly in patients with, with Alzheimer's. Back in the nootropic space, lion's mane mushroom. I don't know mm. if, you, yeah. if it's something that you've looked into as neuro, yes. neuroprotective effects.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Potentially help you to stimulate the synthesis of a nerve growth factor, promoting overall brain health
1: yeah for sure. It's, and something came to my mind. I, we spoke at an same event last year in Palm Springs and i I took my took my son he was 16 at the time. I took him to your talk. He's a super fan of yours now after he's <laughs> listening to you talk. And I remember now if you teaching us the brain foods yeah. u- using parts in our body, can you share with everybody yeah. about
2: it? Absolutely. So even if you take the foods that I rattled off, let's say you're, you're okay, the person who's listening right now, imagine that you're driving, you get a call from one of us and saying, you know, maybe Will says, hey, while you're out, we're going to do like a podcast party and you want to be really good brain foods and kind of rattle off the 10 that I rattled off earlier. And they're like, I can't write it down. Or I'm in the shower and I can't write it down. It's always when you have these, I don't know why you pick up the phone in the shower. But so I wrote the chapter on memory. Which is again the largest chapter in the book because it's the foundation i wrote it in greece as i found i discovered that there's actually a goddess in ancient greek mythology for memory and her children are the nine muses hmm. of love literature art and science right and i was like wow the mother of art and literature and science is memory right and so they have a technique that was popularized by the story goes with Simonides. He's an orator, a poet, and he was giving a reading one day in a building. And when he left, something tragic happened. The building collapsed and everyone, no one, no survivors. And because he was the only survivor, he had the responsibility of helping family members identify their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do so because he remembered where they were all sitting. And we realized as hunter gatherers, you didn't need to memorize like a lot of facts or you need to really remember where things are where's the fertile soil and where's the good food, the the clean water, the enemy tribe. I mean, that was the things, cause that was everything. So we tend to place information around us, remember where things are. And so if that's the case, let's take a place that you're very familiar with and then take the information you want to remember and place it around that familiar place. You could use your home, you could use your office, a previous home, your school, mm-hmm. the mall. I mean, in this case, what you're referring to is your body. Mm-hmm. And so let's do it really fast. So don't Just listen to this. Everyone do this because I want you to be able to do it afterwards because I feel like we don't understand unless we could do it. I'll make it fun and quick. So we're going to name 10 places on our body top to bottom. And when I say it, I want everybody to touch that place on their body and say it out loud with me. So I'm going to touch the top of my head and I'm going to say the top. So what's the first place? Top. Top. Right. And then we're just going to go down the body. Second place is nose. So touch your nose and second place, say it out loud. Everyone listening. No, so that's your verbal auditory memory, right? Uh, Number three is your mouth. Mouth. So what's number three? Mouth. Good. And then go to the side. Let's say your ears. 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 And five is your throat. And so remember this. There's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and an untrained memory. What we're doing is we're training our memory, right? We just did one through five. Six are your shoulders. So touch your shoulders. What's number six? Shoulders. Shoulders. and then seven is collar your collarbone so collar. everybody touch their collar eight let's bring it to your fingers just wiggle your fingers eight is fingers fingers nine is your belly touch your belly oh, yeah. and then ten is your bottom So we're literally going top to bottom. And before I rattled off 10 foods, and there are more than 10 foods, right? But let's just take the ones that I mentioned. And again, remember, everyone's bio-individual and do microbiome, food sensitivity, do functional medicine, doctor. Mm -hmm. Let's take the food that you want to remember and let's pretend we're eight years old and make it visual and make it add some humor to it. And even if you can't imagine it, imagine you can imagine it. So what was the first place? was the top, right? Top of her head. And I want you to imagine the first food were avocados. So just imagine you're using avocados like a scalp conditioner (laughs) or hair conditioner. You're making guacamole on top of your head. (laughs) just kind of feel it. If it makes you laugh, that's why you remember it. Because what we hear, we forget. What we see, we remember. And what we feel, we understand, Mm. right? And so if you could see it, feel it, and hear it, you're going to be unforgettable. So the second place is what? Nose your nose. And let's make the second brain food blueberries. So imagine blueberries coming out of your nose. And so what does that feel like? What does that, what do those blueberries smell like? Those brain berries. All right. Third place is your what? Mouth. Mouth. And I mentioned broccoli. So let's imagine a big piece of broccoli stuck in your teeth. How annoying. You just can't get it out. And you're embarrassed because people see it. Maybe it's a, maybe you have multiple places in your teeth, but broccoli can taste it too. Great. Maybe it's raw broccoli, so I could taste what that tastes like. All right. Number four are your what ears, ears, and I mentioned olive oil. So imagine maybe you have olive earrings, or maybe you're cleaning your ears with olive oil. Now notice you don't have to repeat it over and over again because that's where most people go—they repeat the phone number over and over again or the name over and over again. Here you see it, feel it, hear it once, you'll remember it. Mm-hmm. All right. Number five is your throat, and the fifth brain food I mentioned were eggs. And the, the choline in eggs. And just so imagine instead of an Adam's apple, maybe you have a hard-boiled egg. I don't know. Or lots of eggs around your throat. Great. Okay, that's number five. Six are your shoulders. Let's make your green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach maybe. Okay. And again, I understand some people can process kale and it has a form of hormesis. But just imagine shoulder pads made of kale and spinach. Okay. You know, if, you, if somebody else has a different kind of diet and they want to put bone broth here or whatever, you can put there, there also on your shoulders. All right, seven is your collar. And these are your fatty fishes. Obviously, we'd be careful of toxicity and mercury, everything. But maybe you're getting from clean source, salmon, sardines. Maybe you have a necklace made out of salmon sushi. <laughs> maybe make it a week old. <laughs> Ooh. So then really get your senses, right? You'll right, never forget right. that. If you had to wear that for the day, you would remember 10 years from now without studying it. All right, that was number seven. Eight are your fingers. And I mentioned turmeric. So that's that golden powder. And just, that's easy. You just can't get it off your fingers. So maybe you're making some kind of golden milk latte or whatever. And you just can't get the turmeric off your fingers, the curcumin. All right, number nine is you're almost done, your belly. And I mentioned some of the Some of the nuts especially like walnuts and so imagine somebody eating walnuts out of your belly button (laughs) you're never gonna forget that and then finally number 10 is your bottom and that was the oh geez that was the dark chocolate so i don't even (laughs) want to know what everyone's gonna picture but dark chocolate bottom all right now you are at the store the market and you get that you know you got that call earlier from will And you're going there and you don't even need a grocery list. A lot of people even make their grocery list and triplicates and they still forget it, right? Mm -hmm. Or their phone dies or whatever. So now you're just walking the aisles and you just, all you have to do, you trained your brain. It was a great exercise for your brain also. Go down your body. So that as you're walking down the aisle, the first thing you need to get on the top of your head is... Avocado. Avocados and coming out of your nose, you have the blueberries. Blueberries and stuck in your teeth, you have that annoying broccoli. Broccoli and you're cleaning your ears. Olives. With olives. <laughs> yeah, for the olive oil. And then your throat, instead of an Adam's apple, you had like eggs. these eggs. and then your shoulders, you have shoulder pads. Uh, kale olive. and spinach. Perfect. And then the collar, you have a necklace of
1: week-old salmon sushi. Yes, this <laughs> the
2: wild salmon. And then from there, the eight are your fingers and you have all that turmeric. Turmeric and out of your belly button. Walnuts. Walnuts. And then finally your bottom chocolate. Here here. Dark chocolate. <laughs> and just notice also, so it's amazing. And I'm hoping, I mean, I would love for your people to actually take a screenshot of wherever they're consuming this podcast episode and and then tag us both in it and yeah. tell us how well you did. You know, can you can you actually state from memory, don't cheat, but can you state the ten foods? And I'm curious if people could do it backwards. Can they go from their bottom, dark chocolate, <laughs> right, to their belly button, which was the the walnuts, to the turmeric, all the way back to the the avocados and your top of your head. So again, you know, you could do this in your home. You could stand in the doorway of your kitchen and go mm-hmm. clockwise and say. Okay. The microwave is the first place. The stovetop is the second place. The refrigerator is the third, the dishwasher is the fourth, the sink is the fifth. And then you can walk into the next room and just do it again for six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. And then all of a sudden you have 10 new places. And what can you put there? You could put, Anything you put the like the key ideas to a talk, or you could put store client information there. If you're a student, you could put, you know, it's all about taking imagery mm-hmm. because Einstein said imagination is more powerful than knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, and your visual cortex takes up so much more real estate than the other senses. And so we tend to remember what we see because how many people listening are better with faces than you are with names,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? You look at somebody and say, I remember your face, I forgot your name. You never go to someone and say the opposite. You never <laughs> go to someone and say, I remember your name, but I forgot your face, right? Mm-hmm. There's a Chinese proverb that says, what I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. Oh, we heard the name, we forgot it. Or we heard the brain food, we forgot it. But if you could see it and feel it, you'll understand it much better.
1: I am so excited to share a new favorite skincare brand here at the Telehealth Center. It's called Oak Essentials. We've been recommending it to patients. We've been using it ourselves. Freaking love it. Oak Essentials line is full of luxurious products that really work, especially if you're trying to achieve that healthy, natural, glowing skin look. These products are clean. They're effective. They were launched in 2021 by the team behind Jenny Kane, Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high quality ingredients to create products that drive results. Some of our favorite products here at the Telehealth Center is their Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow for daytime use. A little goes a long way. You don't need much. Apply in the evening to lock in moisture as you sleep. It's the definition of beauty sleep, guys. Oak Essentials only uses the best ingredients. In the balm, you'll find C. buckthorn fruit oil. It's the highest plant-based source of vitamin C, vitamin E, and healthy fatty acids for your skin barrier. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? including Omega-7, which effectively supports collagen production, plus it's rich in beta-carotene, an antioxidant powerhouse that is known to fight free radical damage and slow the accelerated aging process. You can buy the Moisture Rich Balm on its own or as a part of the Oak Essentials best-selling bundles for a simple start-to-finish skincare routine. This holiday season, get yourself or someone you love, Oak Essentials. It's a go-to skincare brand for radiant and glowing skin. My followers get 25% off their first order when they use our exclusive link, oakesentials.com forward slash Will Cole at checkout. That's 25% off your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com slash Will Whether you're starting from scratch or filling in the gaps, Ok gives you one less thing to worry about. Treat yourself because you deserve it. You know, I'm one of my favorite things I have every day and I'm at the telehealth center and between consults, I'm having one scoop and a cup of water, AG1. Without fail, it's a game changer. I use it myself. I've turned everybody at the telehealth center on it as well. And we recommend it to patients too. AG1 is a simple, effective way to support foundational nutrition. That's the key term here. Because when I'm looking at labs, I see nutrient deficiencies all the time, which you need for healthy energy levels, brain function, hormone function, digestion, inflammation levels, immune system function, all the things. And AG1 fills in the gaps for the most common nutrient deficiencies. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition. It's the foundation, it's what we all need. Continuously refining this formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Think of it like this. This is how I break it down. I think of AG1 like a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic blend, an adaptogenic blend, a functional mushroom blend. I think I got it all. All of that in one scoop every single day. You can put it in water. Like I said, when I'm traveling, I'll take the AG1 travel packs, or you can mix it in a smoothie if that's your thing. I've noticed such a difference in my digestion and my gut health and my skin health and energy levels. I don't get that afternoon slump of energy when I'm consistent with my AG1. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why they've been a partner since day one of The Art of Being Well, because I'm a super fan. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply. You get a whole year supply of vitamin D3K2, which we all need, and also five free of those AG1 travel packs that I talked about with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash Will Cole. That's drinkag1.com slash Will Cole. Check it out. I took your quick brain code quiz, C-O-D-E. Quiz. Oh, I love this. This is my favorite topic. I did it in preparation of our conversation today and I got the dolphin. Yeah. So what does that mean
2: all right. So, you know, like there's personalized medicine, obviously, you know, based on our genetics, our personalized nutrition, maybe based on our nutrient profile or microbiome. Uh, we created a personalized learning based on our cognitive type. And I realized after 30 years of doing this, and I've been doing this with one-on-one coaching, but for the first time, we've released it out to the world in the Limitless Expanded Edition. We do all chapter and we created an assessment that only takes four minutes. It's kind of like what Game of Thrones character are you? And it's so it's fun like that, it's multiple choice. Just pick the one that resonates with you the most quickly. And what it allows you to do is get insight onto your specific brain type. I pulled to create this. I was inspired by things like personality types like Myers-Briggs, left brain, right brain dominance theory, visual auditory kinesthetic processing, multiple intelligence theory, how gardeners work out of Harvard, introvert, extrovert, and, and all these modalities, right? And I realized that... Not every tool or technique works for everybody, right? Just like not every supplement or food necessarily or or exercise would work just for everybody. And so we're all a little bit just like we're bio individual. We're also a little bit mentally individual. And Mm -hmm. so I realized people fall in four main buckets. This is a lens or a framework where the menu is not the meal. Right. The map is not the territory, but it's it's a guide you to give you distinctions to kind of a lens to look at the world Mm -hmm. to see how you learn best, think best, and also how you 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 are influenced also or how you parent also is based on your brain types, because sometimes when someone's trying to learn something is you're a different brain animal. And I use animals as, as the metaphor, then the teacher's brain animal mm. and they're, you're communicating and you're just like passing each other and you're just not connecting. And it's like two ships in the night. And you don't even realize the other one's there. So it's kind of like, you know, if your dominant hand is right, it doesn't mean you don't use your left. It's just the left would take longer and I feel more uncomfortable. And sometimes when people are learning something, they're trying to learn it with the opposite hand. So mm. it takes longer and it feels uncomfortable. All right. So really quickly, use the word code, your brain code, C-O-D-E. So these are your animals and the dominant traits. The C is the cheetah. And the dominant trait for a cheetah is they're fast, right? They take action. And the cheetahs in your life, they adapt very quickly. They're highly intuitive. They thrive in fast-paced environments. The O are your owls. And your owls, Their primary trait: if the cheetah is action, the owl is logic. They love data, they love numbers, they love facts, and they love figures, right? And notice, just even saying that, a cheetah and owl—they act differently. They would read differently. A cheetah would skim and scan, an owl read for those details, right? Mm -hmm. As a simple example, D in code are your visionary dolphins, and they're extremely creative. They have very strong pattern recognition, right? They can maybe even see a future. Where other people can't yet see it or build like, like Walt Disney or JK Rawlings would be an example of creative dolphins. And then finally, your E and code are your elephants and your elephants dominant trait is empathy. These are are your community builders. They are extremely loyal. They hold teams together. They have high levels of empathy and compassion and strong interpersonal skills. Now, that's a very brief overview. And people can find out what their brain animal is. We do a whole chapter here in the new book, Limitless Expanded. And also, we built an assessment that you took called MyBrainAnimal.com mybrainanimal.com. And when you take it in four minutes, you get a personalized learning track based on your animal on how to read better and how to remember names on how to to pick up another language and even how to be able to communicate and lead. Let me give people some examples because people could go through this. It's interesting. Like we had our team take this assessment Mm -hmm. and 100% will of our customer service team, they're all elephants. And we didn't sort for them that way. But it's interesting because you would lean into your strengths because they're highly empathetic. They're there to serve. they are community builders, right? They want people to feel seen. They want them to feel heard and valued and validated. So it's interesting. Like our CFO is an owl as he, he's a numbers guy, mm-hmm. right? My business partner. Of 17 years, our CEO, she's a dolphin because she's our leader. She's a creative visionary, mm-hmm. right? She can see things and see answers to problems that other people can't see. So it's interesting how it plays out. Even if you take pop culture, you'll see this everywhere. Let's say Friends. When well, most people saw that sitcom, Joey would be a cheetah. Highly... Intuit just goes with the flow and adapts just takes actions doesn't think about it so much right Mm -hmm. Ross would be your owl he's a professor he's a scientist he's he's very astute knows a lot of information and facts. Phoebe could be your dolphin very creative and expressive and passionate right Monica held everyone together always wanted to host all the parties at her apartment Mm -hmm. she would be your elephant. So you can see this in Star Wars and Harry Potter and Star Trek and Lord of the Rings, all different places. But the thing is, is there's a scene in The Matrix where Neo goes to see the Oracle for the first time and they're in their her kitchen. And I don't think many people saw this, but above the door was a sign. And the sign said, know yourself. And I think a big part, Will, for us to just on this path of growth and fulfillment, I think half of it is having the curiosity to know yourself. So we go to like therapy or we journal, we meditate, we do the inner work. And then the other half is once you know yourself, having the courage to be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. To be that person in a world full of other people's opinions or fear for making mistake and being rejected and other people's expectations. So it's a, it's a different art and skill. But I think this assessment will give you an idea of, of how you think and how you can learn better based mm-hmm. on your strengths. Even Even you can even see it in people's communication. Mm-hmm. So for example, a cheetah, think about it. They're just direct, straight to the point, right? It's all about speed. Mm -hmm. Their speech is concise. They're focused on action-oriented words. They dislike beating around the bush, Mm -hmm. right? Your owls would be more methodical and analytical, and they would communicate in more of a logical sequence. They would present facts and figures and data. And notice, even if you're selling to an owl, sometimes just like love languages, Right. If you have acts of kindness or or words of affirmation, you tend to lean into your type of love language to somebody else, even though they make, they can be something else, mm-hmm. right? Same thing with sales, but knowing that it gives you an appreciation that everybody is a little bit different and it's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart? So an mm-hmm. owl would love the presenting of facts and figures and data. So if I wanted to sell to an owl, I would present it that way. A dolphin communicates, they're very visionary, they're very expressive. They would speak about the big picture, future plans, innovative ideas. They'd be very enthusiastic, you know, pictures are worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. An elephant would communicate with more empathy. There'd be more collaborative. Elephants are keen on understanding and validating other people's feelings, their perspectives. They want people to be feel seen and valued. They would use that even in their words, you would know it's an elephant because they wouldn't use words like I or, or me. They would use words like we and, and us mm-hmm. emphasizing group unity. And they would wanna create consensus amongst everybody and and, and take time to hear everybody's point of view. Mm-hmm. So my point is speaking at a million miles an hour on this is. It's just, it it opens up new perspectives. And so people could take the assessment, they'll get a detailed report and follow up on how to lean into their owl, how to hire and manage teams of different animals and, and so much more.
1: I love it. Thanks for that. As you know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. At the end of every episode, we have your art of being well. This is Jim Quick's Art of Being Well. What's your personal dream vacation? My personal dream vacation? Yeah.
2: I, I travel a lot for work yeah. and luckily I get to take, you know, family along with, and we, and because I'm so in my mind all the time, well, I'm one of those people that jumps out of planes and swims with sharks and, and, and does have to be a lot of physicality. And so, I mean, I, I live my, this, this is so cliche, but I live my dream every single day because I do this almost seven days a week. Because I feel like if you could do what you love or find the love in what you do, Mm -hmm. you could add five days to every single week of your life. And so I feel like this is not work for me. I feel a moral obligation to help people to do this because I know what it's like to, str- I'm a strong elephant. So I have a lot of empathy. So as I was bullied and struggling and, you know, like all these kind of things, I would just watch people because I suffered so much growing up. I could detect suffering and feelings of other people and hopefully it makes me a better coach. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I know when people are experiencing anxiety or uncomfortable or self-doubt or fear, cause I felt, you know, all of the above, but I really love what I do. But if I had to, I did travel, I, I love just being on a beach somewhere with a book, but I can't do that for like, multiple days. Cause I'll just, I want to create and I want to, I want to, I want to impact. And how about you? I'm curious about what, what your answer is. you probably already shared it.
1: I don't know. I would probably say beach too. Same thing. I couldn't do it for long. Cause I love what I do. I'd love a little break here and there, a little reprieve. And I love reading too. So.
2: Yeah. And I think sometimes it's important for all of us, whether it's being able to get on a plane or not is to disconnect so we could yeah. reconnect. You know, there's there's a quote in my book, Limitless Expanded, that says life is the letter C between B and D where B is birth, D is death, life, C, choice. Mm. And our life is a sum total of all the choices we made up to this point. Who are we going to spend time with? What are we going to eat? Are we going to fast today? Or are gonna, like, today? Are we going to like read today or in to to do little things that, you know, do the things that are good for us. And I just really feel for everyone listening that there's there's a version of yourself that you haven't met yet. And I feel like the goal is we show up every single day until we're introduced because clearly these difficult times they could distract you these difficult times can diminish you or these difficult times they could develop you we always decide and that's really why i wrote the book to be an owner's manual for the most important organ you have, which is your brain. And to remind everybody that they are the pilot of their brain, they're Mm -hmm. not the passenger. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what you're struggling with right now, once you understand how your brain works, you can work your brain. In fact, I bet most people still remember, you know, most of the 10 foods. Yeah. So it didn't take a lot of time It take more time to explain it than, you know, than it does actually do it. You could do that. What else can you do? You could read 25%, 50%, 300% 25%, 50%, 300% faster. If you can remember names, learn another language, uh, change your habits. We have we talk about flow and hacking flow states and getting in the zone. I mean, it's just life just gets a lot easier and you create this momentum, yeah. right? Where you can reveal and realize more of your, your purpose, your passion, your possibilities.
1: Mm-hmm. Certainly. You talk about reading. Obviously, everybody will get Limitless expanded. But for you in the past year, what's a book that you've read maybe on the beach, maybe not in the beach, fiction, nonfiction, it doesn't matter, that really inspired you? And people
2: have seen pictures with me on social media. We're connected there with Oprah or Elon or whoever. You know, People always ask how we connected and how we bonded. And I'm gonna tell you, we bonded over books because you read to succeed. And so if you could do anything and take anything out of this conversation, just read 10 minutes a day, you know, just, just a little bit and just start with reading one page or one line and little by little, a little becomes a lot. I read every book that we have guests on for our podcast. You know, it's something that I, I wouldn't have them on if I didn't feel like their information is just really, really amazing. I mean, just even looking at, I have two rooms full of books and the books are like my best, you know, best friend. Uh, So it's hard to like, which, which is your favorite but the creative act by Rick Rubin. I mean, goodness, I mean, there's so many books there. I I recently reread the counterclockwise study, which is an interesting book by Dr. Ellen Langer. She's a a professor of psychology at Harvard. And the end is, let me give you the quick of it really quick. She took like eight guys. I just recently read those eight guys out of like a senior center. They're in their like seventies and they put them into a monastery, but they decorated the monastery as if it was 20 years earlier. And so the newspaper, the television, they took the mirrors out so they couldn't see each other, you know, themselves. And before they went in, they test their biology and their mental faculties. They tested their hearing. They tested their vision. They tested their physical strength. They tested their their focus and memory. And they put them in there for a week, just one week. And they said, hey, just pretend it's 20 years earlier, you know, act and communicate as if that's what it is. And after seven days, they took them out and these these men transformed. They looked younger and that's subjective, but what's not is their focus was better. Their memory is better. They had better hearing, they had better eyesight and a better memory. And you can look at the study in, in, in the in the book. It's called the counterclockwise study. And I, this is the title of the book. And I recently reread it for, for that podcast episode, but it just shows you the power of your mind, right? the power of belief. And it makes you kind of question like what's real and what's a lie. A lie is a limited idea entertained. Wow. So, and that was really kind of, kind of mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, that is mind-blowing. My friend, this has been a rich conversation as I know it would have been, but where where can people go to get the book, take the quiz, where Where do they go?
2: The best thing, the quiz, you could do it. And right now we're offering it complimentary in celebration of the new book, mybrainanimal.com. And I would challenge you, you get some nice artwork that comes with it when you take your test and just post it and tag Will and tag myself. Cause I want to know what's the dominant, like in this group. You know, Mm -hmm. are are you you dolphins? Are you you owls? Are you cheetahs or elephants? And the book is available at limitlessbook.com. And when you go there, you get a free gift from me also as well. And I appreciate we're donating 100% of the proceeds to charity to build schools for children and Alzheimer's research. Things we're very passionate about and just connecting on social media. I'm at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, my real last name.
1: I love it, Jim. Thanks so much for coming on the pod. Come back anytime.
2: Well, you're the best. Thank you.